Psalm 145 verse 4 says, One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. And then, um, it, let me find the verse. because The last time I preached this, I read the whole, the whole text. I don't have time to do that here. Um, verse 13, Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. So the subject today, real quickly, is the fact of what we believe and what we preach and what we have heard is timeless. And y'all know the days we're living in, the preachers today have covered the times we're living in, but we're living in times where everything that's being um, preached out of the Bible, what's been taught is being disputed. We can't live for God without people saying to, to lighten up. I have my own family that tells me just because I tried to live holy, they tell me that you're acting like a Pentecostal. Whatever that means, I have no idea. But this is where we're at, that everything is being disputed when you live for God. They say, they say that um, you can't live for God and, 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 and you can't live holy, you can't be perfect. They think a Christian has to be perfect. And the thing is, Romans 7 is a clear picture. There's a battle between the spirit and the flesh, and I have flesh. Right now, as I stand here, I deal with the flesh. I wish people would take the time to actually read the Bible in its context. There is a battle. But anyway, we're living in a day where everything that's been taught is being disputed, and, and they think it's, to, um, it's so bad to live according to the Bible. Why is it? It's because it contradicts the lost idea of serving God and living life for God. It contradicts their lifestyle. It doesn't line up with what they want. They're going to say, you know what? I'm going to bypass it. We're going to go to a verse that, that deals with how I'm living. And to their surprise, not, they're not going to find one, but they're going to try to twist something out of context. That's just the days we're living in. But I'm just, I just want to say this, I'm thankful to be a Christian in 2023. And, and just right before I get to the main part of the message, um, the Lord laid something on my, on my heart uh, as the, the young man was preaching here earlier. I want to be a refreshing Christian to other Christians. I want to be a refreshing one. Paul, here in, I believe it was Romans chapter 15, if y'all will turn there with me real quickly. Romans chapter 15, I have no idea why I had to go here, but I believe I'm doing what God wants. Uh, Romans 15, verse 32. This is Paul talking to the church in Rome, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God, and may be with you be refreshed. Paul, as a, one of the best Christians in the Bible, he wants refreshments from other Christians, and I just want to be a refreshing Christian to this generation to come. And that's the thought I'm going to come from uh, real quickly is unto all generations. We're going to look at a few things that the Bible says that should be unto all generations. And, and, and to be an example to the generation, this is a verse that you can find that the Bible tells you, 2 Timothy 3.14, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been, has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Continuing means this, that you are rooted and settled in Christ. And I want you all to hear this. Rooted means this, to cause to strike roots, to render firm, to fix, establish, to cause a person or thing to be thoroughly grounded. And I want you all to hear this, roots have two basic functions. Number one, to absorb water and nutrients. And number two, and to anchor a plant to the ground. So we allow His Word to ground us and to take root. We will and can be rooted in Him. I'm thankful that when you get saved, you're in Christ. When you're in Christ, you're rooted in Him. You can stay settled. You can stay rooted in Him if you'll just let Him work in your life. 
Don't listen to them. If you're desiring transformation for the cause of Christ, don't listen to them. When they tell you you're wrong for desiring transformation according to the Bible, if the Bible says don't do something, hey, that means don't do it. The Bible, if God says to do something, I would hope that you would do it. That means you have to do it. That's what the Word says. Whatever He says, that's the way it should be. Don't listen to them when they say otherwise. Amen. I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the Word of God. I'm thankful that it guides me. I'm thankful that it's a light unto my path. I'm thankful for that. But David here made a list that's unto all generations. Number one, we find his precepts are for all generations. Psalm 33, 11, The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. And look at this. Jesus said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. His word will endure to the end. There's people that says you, you cannot trust the word of God because men have had their hands on it. I hear it all the time, especially at, at the, in the workplace. They say man has handled it too much. But there's a verse, I believe it's in Psalm 12, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, um, and I'm, I'm, let, me, let me go there. I don't want to misquote anything. Psalm chapter 12, y'all bear with me. I'm going places that's not even in my notes, but I believe it's what God wants. Psalm verse, uh, chapter 12, I believe. The words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times, thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. God's word is going to endure throughout all generations. So not only, number one, we see his precepts are for all generations, but number two, his praiseworthiness is for all generations. Uh, David said this in Psalm 45, 17, I will make thy name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore shall the people praise thee forever and ever. So we thy people and sheep of thy pasture will give thee thanks forever. We will show forth thy praise to all generations. So I want to say this, that his praiseworthiness is for all generations. He is worthy of our praise. And then number three, his power is for all generations. Thank God for that. It says thy kingdom, and I like this. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. David was content with the reign of God. He was content with God reigning in his life. Knowing David was a king himself, he was uh, he, was, he was okay with God being uh, reigning in his life. We see this, his powers for all generation. Uh, thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. The Lord shall reign forever, even thy God, O Zion, unto all generations. Praise you, the Lord, but thou, O Lord, shall endure forever in thy remembrance unto all generations. So real quickly... I'm preaching on the thought of unto all generations. I want to I come from at a different angle now of how we can have an impact or be an impact on the next generation. Number one is by having a life of consistency. Living a consistent, godly life. Verses 1 and 2 cover that. David said, I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. To extol means this. Let me, I got a definite, here it is. It said he's extolled God every day. Extol means to exalt. It means to lift up. And guess what? He said, I will bless thy name forever and ever. Extolling means every single day. Should you be praising God? Should you praise Him? David extolled God every day. He lifted Him up. He 
exalted God. David allowed Him to be His king every day. He blessed His name. Not just on the good days, but the bad. Every single day. David praised the greatness of the Lord every day. He searched out God's greatness every day. Consistency doesn't stop. So number one, we have to live a consistent life, a consistent godly life. Number two, how do we impact the next generation? Is by having a life of communication. I want to stay here for, for a little longer. Living a life or having a life of communication. I got the verses right here. You don't have to turn with me. Judges 2, verses 8 through 10. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and the servant of the Lord died, being 110 years old, and they buried him in the border of his inheritance. And to Methair, do y'all forgive me on these words, in the Mount of Ephraim of the north side of the hill Gash. And also that generation were gathered unto their fathers. And there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which, had, which He had done for Israel. So the only way this had happened in this time is because the generation before them never communicated the goodness of God to them. Never communicated what God had done for them in the past. They found time to talk about everything else under the sun. They found, out, they found enough time to be talking about every single thing, every other thing that you can think of except for what God's done for them. It's time that is this, in this generation, if I can encourage young people, there's a verse I'm going to get to um, in Psalm 78, 1 through 8. Let me read that and I want to encourage the young people Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them for their children. Why? Showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord, and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. For He established a testimony in Jacob, and appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that, that, that they may set their heart or their hope in God, and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments, and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn, and a rebellious generation. How were they kind of how how were they that generation? They had not set their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. And I want to encourage the young people, never, never be uh, never be a Christian, never be a saved, born again child of God, never be one that's not settled in God. Don't be one that's not that's not rooted in Him. It's okay in 2023 to be rooted in Him. It is okay to do so. Be a generation that has set their heart aright. Be a generation that has their heart steadfast, has their mind steadfast, everything steadfast on Him. Be content with the things of God like David. David was content with his reign. And I'm going to go ahead and skip here. This is important. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and get to number three. Y'all forgive me. I'm, I'm a very scattered person when I talk. Y'all can ask my wife. I, I, I can't just keep a, a straight sentence. I veer off into a hundred million different directions and never complete one sentence. Y'all forgive me. But number three is by having a life of contentment. We're going to look at some things that David was content with. And, and things we can be content with. But this is what contentment with God leaves you with. As David was content in. Number one, it left them content with God's reign. David himself was a king, but he was not in competition with God. He was not in competition. He said, thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. How many of us are content with his reign? Truly, 
In our hearts, how many of us are um, content with Him reigning? I, I just want to say this, that sometimes, the fleshly part of me, sometimes I am not okay with Him reigning. Because it goes against my flesh. It goes against what I truly want sometimes. But David was content with his reign. God wants us content with his reign. Number two, contentment leaves you content with his rescue. The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up all those that be bowed down. And also it leaves you content with his resources. The eyes of all wait upon thee and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand and satisfies the desire of every living thing. And then also leaves you content with his righteousness. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. And I have two more and I'll be done. Contentment leaves you content with his response. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him. To all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. Also, or he also will hear their cry and will save them. So we see this, his response to us, being content with him, is that he will never leave us nor forsake us. We are content with his response. And then I'll be done after this. Contentment leaves you content with his retribution. Meaning this, content to let God handle it. There's many a times I do not want God to handle it because I feel like I can do it on my own. And many times I've tried to walk on my own and I have fallen many times and I'll get back up and what do I do? I lean on myself again. I lean into my own understanding and every time it never works. We should be content with his retribution. Let him handle. He said the Lord preserveth all them that love him. Don't you think he can take good care of you? He made you. He knows everything about you. The numbers of the hair on your head. He knows everything. Don't you know that the Lord who created you knows everything that you stand in need of? The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. The Lord, thou openest thine hand and satisfies the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. So what this tells me is this, that he has eyes looking upon him everywhere. But he still takes such good care of us. He takes care of the birds. He takes care of the animals. He cares so much about them. How much more does he care for you? We know that. He cares for us. He wants us to live this life. Don't listen to the people who say you can't live this godly life. I've actually had somebody tell me in 2023 it's impossible to live for God and be, they say, perfect. And that, that's their mindset. If you're a Christian, you have to be perfect. So that's why they don't want to step into being a Christian because it involves too much. It requires too much of them. But God cares for you. We need to be a, a generation that has our hearts set aright. And, um, and having it steadfast on Him communicates in the generation ahead of us the goodness of God. Um, it's easy to tell a young person, if I have kids one day, I pray that I'll be able to tell them about the goodness of God. I'll tell them about what God's done for me. Tell them the goodness of Him, what He's done, what He's done in your life. He saved me. I, I, I wondered for the longest time, and I was in church all my life, but I wondered how in the world can I be saved? And I remember praying, and, 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 and you would, some people would think it was foolish, but I didn't know how to pray. And I, I said, um, um, God, how in the world could you save somebody like me? How could you use anybody like me? I don't know how I need to be saved. How can I be saved? And I wondered for months, me and my twin, I have a twin brother, but we would reason together. We would talk together. Of how to get saved. We've listened to preaching, but we didn't listen good enough. 
But, but my daddy, out of the blue one day, and this is the time I was dealing with wanting to get saved, didn't know how to do it. Daddy came and said, I want to ask y'all something. Have y'all ever been born again? And I said, I don't know what born again is. He said, have you ever been saved? Have you ever trusted in Christ? Have you ever repented of your sins? And I said, no. And from there, Daddy showed me how to get saved. And I thank God that he was able to save someone like me. And when he, uh, when he called me to preach, I did the, somewhat of the same thing. How can he use someone like me to preach the gospel? How could he use someone like me to be later on content? with the things of God to be uh, and all these things how could he use someone like me because he loves me hey and he loves you he wants you to be content in the things I mean he wants us to communicate to the generation to come he desire, he satisfies every desire of every living thing if we're a Christian who is consistent who communicates well about the goodness and righteousness of God and and one who is content in him that we're doing what we need to do to shape the next generation. The only way we can is to communicate to them. Tell them about God. Tell them how good He is. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth throughout all generations.